This is A Million Little Gods. I'm Aaron Gowan. And I figure there are worse ways of understanding things than imagining there's a dance we all struggle through, a pasadobla, if you will, between two priorities, keeping things fresh and new and following traditions. Well, there's one tradition that I've always carried on with this podcast, freshness and newness be damned, and I'm sure as heck not going to change it now. This space in my RSS feed is reserved for letting hope and heartbreak hold hands and sing their mysterious duet on the day that was made for them, the last Thursday in November, Thanksgiving. I think about family on Thanksgiving like everybody, and I think about childhood. My own childhood, now gone but always present, and my my kids' present childhood going by so quickly, they both possess me at this time of year. In that vein, I thought I'd reach into the vaults and bring you something from A Million Little Gods Past, and then I've got something new for you. First, the end of book one, episode three, which was a soliloquy for me on letting your kids be themselves, whatever a self even is. And second, I'm joined by my University of Hamburg colleague, Natalie Roxburgh, to talk about the curious fact of child lore that common culture every generation of kids seems to share across time and all borders, which we all remember when we were adults, but can never really return to. Even though that's true, as the journalist Julia Beck writes, that's okay. The kids will keep the tradition alive. So here those two things are, and in the meantime I'll say, happy Thanksgiving everybody. What are you saying? Hello. I'm back. Okay, but that's a, that's an like, interesting. You know, go like, ahead. Like Star Wars. Okay. And sometimes like like lions. Yeah. I like books too. TV not so much. Sometimes in the evening, but I like masks too. You wear a lot of them. That's true. Yeah. You like to put on costumes? I like to put on costumes. That's what they like. So, I like, I like going into the museum. Yeah. Or or sometimes I like cuddling in the bed. Oh, that's good too. Like we're doing now. And Mm. I like very, very, very much a wet raven to read. Oh, yeah, you like to read the, the raven? Yeah. Yeah, so... We'll do that one. But I got a couple of questions for you. You just told me about yourself. But if I say, if I ask you, who are you? Could you tell me who you are? I mean, you just told me you're Ben. But who are you? How do you know you're you and not, and not somebody else? Ben. It's just Ben. How do you know? And well, mommy told me my name when I was little. Yeah. So, but. But who are you now? But Ben. How do you know? Well, don't know that either. (laughs) I don't know either, huh? Uh, It's kind of hard to know it, isn't it? If I said, what makes you Ben and not Ruby? What would you say? Well. 
he's a little girl and I'm a little boy. So <laughs> That's true. That makes me have a better good name because Ruby shouldn't be my name because if my name were Ruby, um, I would have a girl name, so... <laughs> That's true. My son has a remarkable little mind. He has a tremendous capacity for language, a memory like an elephant, a mind like a steel trap, an insatiable curiosity, an unwavering sense of fairness, and an imagination that knows no bounds. He also has an outsized sense of himself as a self. His joy and good humor can crumble under the pressure of the slightest critique. And like me, he mulls over his own bad moods and failures. It's a struggle for him. And I wonder whether it's just genetic. I wonder whether he would have ended up that way if I hadn't been around. Or whether he's noticed my conundrum and made it his own. wife and I split up last year and I feel like it's too hard a blow for someone as sensitive as him. In the last few months, he's shown signs, not merely of self-pity or despondency, which he's bound to have and I can relate to that, but of hardness. One night last week, he constantly made noise as I was trying to bring his little sister to bed and he eventually made me lose my temper. My And his reaction was a cruel laugh, as if to say he knew he was in control. It frightened me. I wish him a lighter way of living than my own. But in the end, I'd rather he have a heavy heart than a heart locked away. There's one thing I wish to teach both my children, it's that when things happen to you, or when you do things wrong, let it wash over you. Accept rejection. Accept disillusionment. Accept embarrassment. Accept uncertainty. I've had my share of trouble. I've lost my father to cancer too early. I've been fired. I've had two failed marriages. Though I didn't choose to end either of them. But I've never let these troubles harden me. I've obstinately refused to give up hope. That's my form of grace. My father, my father, and see. 
I believe it's a virtue in me, and virtue should be passed on. But here's the thing. Here's where I have to embrace uncertainty just a little more. That refusal to give up hope might be virtuous, but it's also part of my nature. Ben deserves to be the way he's going to be. Ruby, my daughter, deserves to be the way she's going to be. Ben's his own self. His character's not mine. His life is not mine. So help me, I do wish to spare him my obsessiveness. I wish joy for him, but more than that, I wish him the freedom to be himself. In seinen Armen das Kind war So what we certainly have in common uh, are the following factors. We grew up in the United States, although in different parts of the United States. We live in Germany now, particularly in northern Germany, and we have kids. And those kids um, will be growing up multilingual, of course, but not only multilingual, also with um, some kind of mixed identity because they'll have grown up with at least one parent from the United States. Wait, I don't know about your partner, Martin. Martin, is he from the U.S.? He's from Liechtenstein, actually. So Liechtenstein. we're Whoa. a two and a half language family. Wait, what's the, wait. Alemannish. It's Alemannish. like, it's like okay. German without the ch. Yeah. Yeah, cool. But he also speaks, I take it, just high German. That is, he uh, does, he, yeah. probably just, yeah. But not with, the, yeah. not with our son. Okay. Does he does he only speak English or does he only speak Alemannish? Alemannish with our son, and I speak English <sighs> with our son. So we don't have a high German household. Although, Great although our son's Whoa. bringing it to us from Kita. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your son will be the soon be the best speaker of standard German in the household. That's right. By, He's our German. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but we had this article from the Atlantic, and let me see. The author's name is Julie Beck. And uh, she seems to have conglomerated some ideas that she found in myriad sources that have to do with um, childhood and the traditions and fashions and, and folklore that children spread amongst themselves. And the, and the question was, why is it that we have so much in common with the childhood of our, of our children? That is, we, we all look back and remember certain aspects of our childhood. And then we witness our children often without us having given them any input, uh, doing some of the same stuff that we did when we were young, including this little design that they used as the front design of the, the article, which is this, this kind of so sword S the cool S the, the cool S. Yeah. And it might speak more to me than to you. I don't know this because it struck me that, that boys tended, at least in my childhood tended to do it more, than girls did. 
Um, is that still the case? Was that something that you saw boys doing, but, but girls I didn't did do? I don't know. Real? I did don't you know do about it? the gender uh, issue of this, but I always did it, um, from maybe like age 10 or 12 on, um, yeah. until high school at least, you know, and then got uncool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you know, that's interesting. I, uh, yeah, I saw my, my, uh, former boss's son doing it here in, yeah. in Germany. Yeah. So it's not limited to the U S certainly not. Absolutely. It is so not limited to the U S that when I walked in today here to our office, uh, I walked down the path and somebody's child had been drawing chalk drawings on the ground and so that child had drawn that symbol on the, on the path coming in. I'm going to post a picture of that, that picture, uh, along with this, this post, that's probably going to be the icon for this post. <laughs> so that, that was definitely something I had as a child. Are there any like childhood memories that are beyond that one that, that you have that you now see children doing here too? Well, I saw the other day, um, my partner's friend's son making a Chinese fortune teller, which is kind of the same principle as the cool S because you have to follow a set of instructions to make it and you don't know what will emerge until it's done, right? It's The Chinese fortune teller was this folded piece of paper, kind of like origami, oh, yeah, the, 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 right? the little duck face in four yeah. directions, right? And then you would, yeah, yeah. You, would, you would put little symbols on it and then it would correspond to a, a, a list um, on a piece of paper with like your fortune, right? So, mm -hmm. and, but to make it, to fold it, you had to follow a series of instructions. And that's very much like the cool S, right? You have to make lines in a certain order to sort of get it to emerge. And I feel like there's a lot of things like that that we did and that I see over here now too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I played various sundry games of slapping hands. And patty I cake. find, I, yep. yeah, I, well, not only patty cake, but also like uh, more violent. <laughs> that is where you, where you play a game of trying to slap each other's hands and try to catch the other person. Oh yeah. yeah Do yeah. you have any other, any other, any other ones that you wanted to bring up? Um, no, no, just the, I was thinking about the variations of tag and how you choose who's it and how that might differ, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, or, you know, there's many oh, yeah. of those. Right. And yeah. And that's another one I was thinking, yeah, different, different circles of friends did different versions of that. And, you know, that's something we talked to each other and it was a way of sort of, um, it was like a really democratic sort of, I mean, you could sort of rig it from the outset so that if you started on an odd number, you'd know which one would, you know, get chosen. Right. But it was kind yeah. of like, you know, children discovering from themselves a principle of fairness that comes from randomness. Right. And I was thinking about how cool that is actually, you know, that kids mm. kind of figure that out, figure how to get along by mm. themselves actually without tampering from us. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the any meeny miny mo rhyme apparently exists in German too. I hear German yep. kids do it all the time, but they they change it up. Also, Germans tend to when they make a nursery rhyme, it becomes a lot more complex in their hands. You ever notice this that uh, that they'll add more more stanzas to rhymes. They'll add higher levels of complexity. I grew up with any mini miny mo catch a tiger by its toe if it hollers let it go uh and what's the next part something I you learned. are in my mama always said to pick the very best one and you are not it 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And you are not. It. Yeah, exactly. You want it to be it. And then the problem with with that rhyme, though, is I believe the tiger is a is a kind of interpolate a post hoc addition because I believe that it wasn't a tiger in the original. It wasn't. Rhyme. Yeah. And a lot of these were, you know, a lot of still some of the things, you know, we used the word Chinese fortune tellers, right? It went to a Chinese mm. restaurant. There was a lot of sort of implicit racism in a lot of these oral traditions that I think we need to deal with. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. There's that. What do you do with nostalgia and recognition of cultural inappropriateness? I don't know. <laughs> because I say it. Uh, just so, just yeah. say it. Just be honest about it. Yeah. yeah. Just be like, yeah, it doesn't really work. Is there a, you know? an element of not, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as it were? That is, mm -hmm. um, what can you say from those traditions? I think without... we, just, we just did it. We, ex we explained that we use those terms and we wouldn't anymore because we realized yeah. that it's not really fair. But that's what we did when we were kids. That was what yeah. was passed to us. We, we're, we're making something different now. And that's the yeah. only way to really to really look at it, to look, look, look at what we're doing with it rather than what was. So, mm. yeah. I've always harbored this this worry regarding raising a child in a different context, in a different nation, with people that have lore that isn't exactly the same as mine, um, that I would lose contact with my kid. And, and that was particularly true with Ben. It became less of, of a problem in my mind when my daughter Ruby was born. Uh, but it really concerned me when my when my son Ben was born at first, that I wouldn't that I needed to make sure that I would be the link to his American identity. Did you ever experience that emotion? Yeah, I think that there's a sense of responsibility um, tied to that, that you feel just because you don't want a disconnect. But at the same time, I feel like I've been able to kind of let that go because one mm. of the things that we have here is we have a bit of social privilege because English is such a you know, it's a global language and, and America is still, um, it still has a cultural influence in Germany. And mm -hmm. I think that people will, um, people do uh, absorb American culture and um, also willingly. And so if I feel like my kid's not picking something up, I, ha I just want to, I'm at the point where I, I'm going to relax about what, what it is he picks up and what it is mm. he doesn't because, um, yeah, I think that I moved here for a reason and I live here now and this is also my culture mm -hmm. and we're all kind of hybrid in our family and that's just how it is. So, I think that's okay for me too. I guess my only compunction would be uh, I really loved childhood and it's hard for me to let go of my own childhood. Mm -hmm. One of the points in the article was that childhood... Um, is it a way of existing in the world that you have your own folklore for? And um, we kind of forget what it's like. We we have intimations of what it's like when we see kind of this odd, surreal quality of 
seeing children behaving the way we used to. Um, and yet, nonetheless, we are childhood as a way of existing in the world is somehow foreign to us. And I guess that's true, although I still um, am kind of haunted in a good way by my own childhood. That is, I, I don't feel like I, I don't necessarily feel like an adult. The border between childhood and adult doesn't seem like a discrete border to me. I just feel like somebody who's just accreted experiences in my life. And yet I still experience things with a certain amount of wonder and terror that I did when I was a child. And um, and so I, I can't guide my children's experiences, but I but I want to be able to share something with them. Uh, what do you think? Um, that's a lot of stuff. So what do you think? Um, do, well, the, do my, do my compunctions exist within you too? Yeah, actually. Um, I think that you're describing a sort of nostalgia, which I think, um, I think I have that too. Um, one of the things I liked about the end of the article is the way that she said, you know, when you see a, a bunch of kids running around chaotically, don't assume they're just being irrational, right? They're actually engaging in, um, child lore. And I was thinking, you know, about when, when, when when would be a moment when my mother saw me running around chaotically? Well, probably when I was playing Thundercats and I was Lionel and my friend was uh, Chitara, or <laughs> right. And um, so, like, it really did sort of put me in in the in the subjective position to read those lines of the article again. And I realized that I I am not there anymore. I I don't think like a child. But one of the things about having a child or being around children is that every once in a while you get a glimpse of what it's like to fully immerse yourself in that world of play, which, you know, as we're, you know, as we know, this, this mode of play is universal. It's a cultural universal and how it manifests may different, be different from country to country, but it's something that we, that, that these children share. And I don't know. I think I identified both with the article and I identify with what you say, um, for the reason that Occasionally, we get a glimpse of what it was like, right? Occasionally, we can put ourselves in this really wonderful world. Um, I don't know. There's lots of examples of this, I think, from my experience. And I hope I hope my son finds some wonderful ones. And I'm actually sure he, he will, since it's something that kids just do. You know, yep. whether it's Thundercats, it won't be Thundercats. He's not a child of the 80s. <laughs> but, um, no. but it will be something else. And it will be wonderful. He bites it day by day Until there's but a rim of scraps That crumble all away The south wind is a baker He needs clouds in his den And bakes a crisp new moon That greedy again I wanted to say something about nursery rhymes because the first thing my son oh, yeah. really really wanted to do with me was he couldn't you know use the entire rhyme but he would memorize the last word of each line so I would just leave yep. it blank and he'd fill it in nursery rhymes are amazing um, for sharing culture, right? And I just, yeah. I love them, actually. I've been buying books on them. I just think that they're, you know, oral tradition from the 17th and 18th centuries that are, they're not going anywhere. Mm. So, um, yeah, and then I just, I really enjoyed thinking about the Batman rewriting of Jingle Bells, for example. Yep. 
right? Jingle <laughs> yeah. bells, Batman smells, Robin the Nick. Yeah, okay. And yeah. Um, other that thing, was interesting. Did yeah. you the, uh, the 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 British one was apparently uh, Robin flew away. That doesn't that's that doesn't, that's, that's no good. You know why I don't like that because the, it rhymes way go away with oh, go away, right? Because it's it's Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Uh, Batmobile lost a wheel and the Joker, Joker got, got away. away. So if right. it's if it's Robin flew away and the Joker got away, that's a terrible and rhyme. A they, they're Robin's doing it wrong. Eggs. Exactly. So, yeah. Right? So yeah. and then did you have these like really morbid um, things too? Like for example, there was this song that we used to sing: "Never laugh when a hearse goes by, because you might be the unlucky guy." Do you know that one? Oh, no, I don't know that one. Oh my! Yeah, I'll send you the lyrics to that one. Um, that's that was really popular in my circle. And then like yeah. all of the um, besides like playing club and variations on that, or playing tag and variations on that, slumber yeah. parties, slumber parties, are, you know, around age ten or so. So like truth or dare. Yep. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yep. Yep. And then Bloody Mary. Did you try to scare yeah. each other? Right. So there were a lot of, of like course. really morbid ones that I was thinking about. Um, yeah. And it seems like, you know, really part of this discussion is sort of exploring the, the limits of, you know, reality together. It, so Yeah. <laughs> Children definitely have a morbid fascination with morbidity. <laughs> that is, <laughs> yeah. they, they, that's interesting that we live in Germany where the culture is the origin culture for a lot of the, the fairy tales that we tell anyhow. Yeah, right. But I, I've, you know, I've read a couple of them to the children and I always feel less comfortable than they do listening to the original versions of them. Um, you know, Hansel and Greta, that's a particular one for my children. I you know, I, I don't know if you know that, but my, I'm actually, divorced from their mother and remarried and so they spend their time half their time with me and half their time with uh their mother and um, that's another thing that probably kind of causes me maybe more consternation than you and that i you know i i feel a kind of deep responsibility to make sure that when they're on my end that i'm sharing as much as i can with them but those german stories i'll i'll read them to the kids and and hansel and gretel is particularly strong one because of you know, them having to go back and forth and their brother and sister. And so I think that it resonates with them in a weird way and always has over the past seven years since, uh, since I got a divorce and, um, and yet there's so much morbidity to it and, yeah. um, cruelty to it, especially the comeuppance at the end of those stories is I, <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm, I just cringe at the idea that, that, justice is served by this kind of mutilation of of people of like the the villains bodies i don't think of good and goodness and badness as in that way and i don't think that uh i want to teach children that and yet they they seem to crave it yeah uh, there's they, something they about crave, it yeah yeah there's also like i was always I, when i first um you know looked at german children's literature like i came across um struvelpeta Mm-hmm. And that's another one, right? It's like that doesn't work in the American context. It's so it's awful, but it it's fascinating, and I can see from a child's perspective how that might be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, children. I, my, my best conjecture about why this is that children have this fascination is that we just deny them access to so much. I think you know John Mulaney, the 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 comedian. Uh, he has this joke about uh, children and he says, it sucks being a child. You have no money. Everybody tells you what to do and you really don't have any rights. That's true, right? Like, yeah. I, I think that children, in some sense, it's uh, it's a little bit like being a slave, you know? Like, y- 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 you kind of, we need to do it culturally because children 
uh, are not yet ready, and yet who are we to adjudicate? And they have their own, as we, you know, as we say here, they have their own culture amongst themselves. Uh, and yet, and I wouldn't change the world in, in, to the extent that I would let children just run amok and do whatever they want to do. And yet, nevertheless, children they they want so desperately to have access to stuff that is held just just out of their reach and out of their vision. And yeah. and so I think that. Um, that has to be the origin of their fascination with morbid things is that, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> you know, nice like thought. they, yeah, they're denied the ability to, to face it, which nevertheless, yeah, yeah. That's a plausible theory. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Who's there? Ruby, I'm Ben. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? Good, good. What are you guys up to? Uh, don't know. We're just sitting in the bed right now, talking to you. Yeah. What'd you guys do today? Um, school and clean my room and get Christmas decorations out. Christmas decorations? It's not Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. I knew. It's like well, I'm gonna call it the, the Hague. It's a, it's a, it's like a, a an international crime that you've committed. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, kids. I have to uh, just finish up something so I can go home because I'm sitting in my office, so you know. Um, okay. So I want to tell you, I love you. And tomorrow's the official Thanksgiving, but we'll we'll be celebrating on Saturday because. Um, that's how we roll, you know? Um, but I love you guys. Love you, too. Love you. Have a happy Thanksgiving, you happy too. Happy Thanksgiving, Eddie. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye. Mwah. Love you. Mwah. Love you. Mwah. Love you. Mwah.